Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are going to be talking to Dr. Colander about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will talk to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack, and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, uh, welcome to another one of your very informative shows. We like to let the listeners know, and we were always trying to explain to them what prevention means, although it seems simple, but why you're the only prevention specialist that we know of, and you're the only one that specializes in this. Give us an example of why is it important to start the journey of prevention early rather than waiting until you get diagnosed with a disease? Well, thanks, Amory. The most important thing to recognize is that you do not know anything about your health. And you can assume that you're okay based on how you look, do you exercise, what do you eat. Um, and none of those things, I hate to say it, really reflect your risk of disease. Prevention requires screening. You need to see what's going on specifically and then take a, an appropriate role. You can't assume because you check a couple boxes or don't that you're healthy or you're not. That's an important word that you just used, screening. I don't think the average patient in the average practice knows what screening means. They take it for granted that if they see their doctor on a regular basis, and if they get an x-ray once a year and get a physical once a year and they get a stress test once in a while, that their doctor sees everything. He's the all-seeing eye into what might be lurking underneath. But what you're saying is the average primary care physician is not doing screening, and that's what is the, the basis of your specialty. Well, the reason is screening in general is not covered by insurance. You have to have a diagnosis to get a test done. And screening means you don't have a diagnosis. You're just taking somebody without any symptoms or complaints or any prior disease, and you're going to do a test on them just to look. And it's important just to look for heart disease because, as we know in our country, we're doing a terrible job of making any type of dent in the annual death rate from heart attack. And not just, well, not just cardiac death and the widowmaker, but the fact that there's a lot of people wandering around with stents and they're being treated by a cardiologist. And why did they even get to that point, first of all, when it could have been prevented sometime before? 
Well, and also chronic, other chronic illnesses are caused by the process that also develops heart attack and stroke and stenting, um, heart failure, dementia. All of those things are caused by microvascular injury. So even if you don't have a widowmaker event, which kills you quickly, you might be throwing debris into the microscopic arteries where oxygen exchange occurs. And you're basically starving, you know, killing organ cells, you know, one, two cells at a time. How does someone get a microvascular injury? What is it they're doing wrong that they get that injury in the first place? I mean, let's take, for example, the person who exercises, eats healthy, is young, looks good, everything going for them. I mean, are they at risk for a microvascular injury? Well, really, everybody's at risk for microvascular injury. Um, well, what are they doing wrong? Or well, what the are they same, not doing? Well, really, Emery, it's the same things that cause, ma you know, massive, uh, uh, horrible events. You know, the, so it's, it's recognizing the diseases there, and then each person needs a personalized plan to identify what they're doing wrong for them. So everyone has their own weaknesses. They all, all have their own strengths. Um, different people have genetic profiles. They metabolize food differently. All these things need to be taken into account to prevent conditions. And so one of the tools that we use is identifying, identifying lab work, using lab work that identifies microvascular injury. And we need all of these tools to get people to change their behavior. I'm wondering if the average patient out there who belongs to the average primary care practice is aware of the fact that the tests are available, ready, and out there, and that they're not getting access to these tests. They're not even being explained that these tests exist. And so therefore, to the average patient, they don't even know what screening tests are. This is what it sounds like. Well, because they're not covered. So if you're the average patient in an average practice, which is frankly 95 or more percent of the listeners, they're not even in a practice that thinks about screening. They're in a cookie cutter, you know, everyone gets the same test, everyone gets the same time, everyone gets the same medicine. And unfortunately, none of those tests or lab work or imaging studies that they do identifies risk, even if it's a stress test or a CT arteriogram, you know, or MRIs, none of those are used in a way to prevent disease. The, the information obtained is not looked at as a, well, this is what we got to do to prevent a problem. It's looked at as a, I'm not going to operate on you today, so come back when we do. So screening is just not available to the average patient out there in the average primary care practice? No, because it's not covered by insurance. And so to get that kind of service, you've got to leave the system to someone who's doing and practicing prevention. Well, that's an interesting concept. We're going to have to describe what kind of tests they need to get and where they can get them because I think that everybody's entitled to know how they get into a practice of prevention. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which help with the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. And before we come back to talking to Dr. Colander, I'm going to urge all of you listeners who are listening on Sunday at 3 o'clock that Dr. Colander is live every Thursday at 7 p.m. It's a live show. We're taking calls from all over the country. You can talk to the doctor directly, and he'll be glad to answer your questions. So that's 7 o'clock every Thursday, right after the Mitch Album Show on WJR. Dr. Collender, let's come back and talk about your practice of prevention. And I, I, I believe that most of the listeners out there don't know that's what screening is, or they, they, they just don't understand this whole process. They go to their doctor, they feel as though they're getting these tests, uh, stress tests, um, x-rays, EKGs, whatever, and they, they come out thinking, oh, I got a physical, I'm fine, I'm home free. But they're not home free because obviously we wouldn't have 650,000 people a year dying of heart attack. So, and we've, you've said in the last segment, they're not covered by insurance, but my answer to that is, who cares? As a doctor, as, a, as an internal medicine doctor, I think your doctor should let you know all doctors should let their patients know that, hey, these tests are out there, they're available, they don't cost that much, and they're going to give you a definitive profile of what's going on inside your arteries. Well, I think what's important to, for the listeners to understand is that we're doing all of these different tests to find some sign that chronic disease is occurring so that you can have a better idea of what's going on with your body and take action before those lab tests or imaging studies that we do turns into an actual disease. So prevention is preventing something from happening that's going to happen. In order to do that, you have to screen for the possibility of that condition to happen and do something about it. Otherwise, it isn't preventing anything. When you go to your regular doctor, their idea of prevention is getting a cholesterol panel tell you not to smoke, tell you we'd eat healthier, and then decide whether or not to put you on a cholesterol medicine. And these days, decide whether or not to put you on an aspirin without any information about whether you need an aspirin or not. But we that's not, obviously that's not working because it's not preventing all the heart attacks that we're having and all the deaths and all the widowmaker deaths that we're having in this country. Not at all. And that's why we're letting people know that there are a lot of different ways to screen for symptoms and it's not even symptoms but signs of chronic disease in process before you have heart failure before you have dementia so you know it's not really possible to treat dementia when you have it but it's possible to stop you from getting dementia but how do you know that you're at risk you've got a screen for the possibility that you're at risk and, and the then, screening is the oral exam that they do where they look for the bacteria that's in the, in the oral cavity that leads to dementia and leads to Alzheimer's. Well, I would also say all the things that we do screen for dementia. You know, so even though we're maybe looking at your arteries and we might be looking at signs of 
microvascular disease of your heart muscle cells, or we might be looking at the bacteria in your mouth that can contribute to heart disease or dementia. One of the things that we do in our office is this cognitive assessment, which is very difficult. Um, patients love it or hate it, um, but it's a great way to screen for early memory issues because the standard testing, frankly, is garbage when it comes to screening for dementia. So all of the, there's so many tools that we have to give the patient an idea that something's happening. You know, there's some sign of chronic damage that needs early attention. So your entire practice of prevention, your specialty of prevention, and your entire practice basically is dedicated to taking a, a deeper look, a deeper dig, and using tools and tests that are generally, they're available, they're out there, anybody can get these tests, obviously, but nobody, no doctors are telling their patients to get them, so it's incumbent upon the patient to start to ask for what test do I need to get to guarantee I'm not going to get this disease? Well, we're the ones trying to put it all together. I'm going to tell you a story that I, I going, I'm going for a walk last weekend with a friend of ours. He's a, a retired periodontist, and he has a friend who just had a stroke. And the friend is also an oral health specialist. Wow. And it turns out that this other doctor had a bout of atrial fibrillation at some point in the past that was not severe, not serious enough to, that needed treatment, and he wasn't treated. And then not that long ago, he had a, a small brain hemorrhage that fortunately went away quickly, but he's still dealing with the complications of that event. And I learned in talking to my friend that this person was not assessed or sent for evaluation for sleep apnea when he had an episode of atrial fibrillation. So, well, I don't think people understand what the connection is between, I don't think most people know what sleep apnea is to begin but it, with. But he had a cardiologist. Oh, well, who does that make a difference? No. Apparently not. So in talking to other sleep specialists, many cardiologists are not recognizing the connection to chronic cardiovascular disease, whether it's an arrhythmia or it's heart failure or it's plaque, and all of the possible causes. They're really only looking at you as, when do I get to operate on you and bill insurance a big ticket? And hopefully you don't die on the way. I mean, but you're not being told that, you know, when you, you know, when you, you know, when you pass your stress test, because you did okay, so. Well, the stress test is not a screening test. No, but it is a screening test for surgery. It's not a screening test for saving your life. But it is a screening but test. But I don't for... believe that anyone knows that. I think most people think that if they're sent for a stress test, then that means that they're going to find out whether or not they have cardiac disease, and that's just not true. You're 100% right. And the cardiologists promote that misperception because after your stress test, the messaging that you get is, you're fine, see you later. Mm -hmm. And you're, you may not be fine. There's nothing about a stress test that tells you you're fine. All it does is tell you is that you don't have a blockage that's more than 75, 80% that needs a stent at that moment. And even now I would argue that if you are not having, you know, unstable angina, even that lesion should be treated medically and not with surgery. So medical management is a very powerful tool for 
preventing chronic disease. And the key is screening for the presence of subclinical disease to take action early. Um, medical management, you, you talk about this a lot. I'm not too sure that all the listeners understand what that means. What exactly is medical management? Well, is, that, is that screening? Is it testing? Is it, what is it exactly? Well, medical management is any intervention, a medical intervention that isn't operative. So medication, exercise, you know, lifestyle consultation, um, treating other conditions other than using a surgery. So avoiding invasive steps like stents and doing anything that involves hospitalization and surgery. And there's plenty of data supporting that medical management is better than a surgery in, in a stable angina situation. It makes you wonder what the rush is to hospitalization and, and doing, uh, inserting a stent in somebody. Like, I wonder how many people out there that have gone through the process of getting a stent could have avoided it through medical management beforehand. Well, they're not paying the cardiologist to not put stents in. Absolutely. And that's a problem. So they need to take it upon themselves then to find some alternate way of finding out what the options are. Let's come back and talk about that some more on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us talking about his personalized concierge practice and explaining the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also going to explain to us the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. And once again, I'd like to mention to listeners, tune in Thursday at 7 o'clock. It's a live show. You can call in directly and ask your questions. Dr. Colander, coming back to this issue of medical management that I'm wondering how many people understand exactly what it is? Well, Anne-Marie, medical management starts with, again, disease identification. So once we've identified a patient with plaque, and we do that by either doing, first in my office, I do a CIMT, which is a carotid intima media thickness test, simple ultrasound that we do in our office that measures the layers of the artery wall, specifically the intima media layer where plaque activity occurs. So when we've identified plaque, and I want to make sure the audience understands that I'm not screening for surgery. Any kind of plaque is important to me. Even almost no plaque, but there's activity in the layer, the intermediate layer, that gets my attention also. This is a very highly specialized test, and I know that you do this on all of your patients, the CIMT, and I think that people need to just get a pen and write it down because so many people don't know what it is and they might forget what it's called and their doctor is not prescribing it. But can you tell us a little bit more about, I know there are very few doctors that engage their patients in getting that test. 
Well, it's a simple ultrasound. There's nothing invasive. There's no needles. There's no radiation. There's no iodine dye. And not to be confused with Dopplers. Right. The Doppler test that most of you may have had is a, also an ultrasound, but it's measuring for flow. And that's a screen for surgery. So they're looking for people that need to have their carotids cleaned out with an operation or a stent. That's not what I'm looking for. Now, granted, I'll find it if it's there, but the purpose of this test is to quantify, measure the layers of the artery in multiple locations of the artery so that I have data. Again, this is information that I can say this year your measurement is X and next year are you less than X or more than X? If you're less than X, we're going the right direction. We're shrinking your artery. If you're more than X, well, then we've got work to do, meaning I've got work to do and my patient has work to do. Probably I have work to do. Well, it, it's a very sophisticated test. It, it certainly is taking a deeper dive into looking at the wall of the artery. But I think that it's important for listeners to know that it's just not out there as far as don't expect your cardiologist to sign you up for it. Don't expect your primary care physician to sign you up for it. And how can people get this test? Well, You've got to join my practice, to be honest. We're no longer letting people from the show call our office and just do this test. And the reason is they get the test, take it to their doctor who has no training in prevention and ask them to interpret a test that they have no idea what to do with it. Yeah, so it's the follow-up after. So Once they get the numbers, it's the follow-up. It's what do you do with this data? So we ref I'm just not letting anyone get this test from me without having a plan. Right. It's not going to happen because it happened and I realized shutting this down, I don't need to make the money. Right. Like it's not worth it to me to have someone do something in my office and then fail because I wasn't involved in the care. Right. So we're done with that. that that's a tricky thing because there are very few offices that have that equipment and that have that technology. And we should let listeners know the test itself is very simple, non-invasive, takes about what, 10, 15 minutes. And out-of-pocket cost is how much? $250, but it's not, it's for sale to you, listener, at $250. You've got to join the practice and do the whole process. Yeah, it's not just the CIMT, right. but it is, it is an extremely valuable test. Valuable, again, in the right hands. It's the same as the coronary artery calcium score, which in my mind, if your CIMT is zero, you have no plaque in your CIMT, then we want to identify disease using a coronary artery calcium score. And we've gotten hundreds of calls on the 7 o'clock live show with people confused about what to do with their calcium score because their doctor doesn't know what to do with it. Right. So you need to have somebody who has some idea about prevention because these tests are being misused. So I can understand that you might be listening to this and be frustrated and go, great, I'm happy to learn all this. What do I do? Well, the answer is you've got to find someone who's not taking insurance because insurance is in the way of preventing disease and right. start there. That's where you start is finding someone who is treating, preven using prevention in their practice. Well, with the cognitive test that you do that no one else does and with the CIMT test that you have available in your office and with the CT calcium scoring test that Obviously, they have to go to the hospital to get that done, but that's a very quick 
non-invasive test as well. And but, it's not for everybody. Not everyone needs it. But the point is that you have the access to and use these tests and they're not available to the rest of the population. So I think if somebody's sitting around thinking, oh, my parents had cardiac disease, my grandparents had it, or they had diabetes, I wonder if, if, if it's going to happen to me. Is that going to be my lot in life? And they're going to their doctor thinking that they've got an easy path. They've been given a pass. They got a couple of Mickey Mouse tests and they're on their way. They really need to pay attention to the fact that there needs to be a deeper dive into, you know, looking at your arteries and taking a, a really strong assessment of, of what's going on in the arteries. That's the only way to go. And that's, that's screening for disease. And then you, we were talking about medical management. What does that mean? So once we know somebody is at, has, a, has plaque, the disease that we need to treat, then we want to go into all of the root causes um, and we start with lifestyle. Medical management starts with lifestyle, but it's not that simple. You know, we always say eat, eat less, exercise more, which is garbage advice. We look at how people metabolize food. We look at the genetics of the kinds of food that they need to eat. Um, and then we give them a specific diet that they need to follow for their specific metabolism. Yeah, so it's very highly customized. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It can't be. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many people out there that are buying into TV commercials about, you know, we'll mail this food to your house and this is what you need to take in order to maintain or lose weight and keep you healthy. But there is no one-size-fits-all because they don't know what their arteries are doing. Well, no one knows what their metabolism is. They don't know what their genetics are. They don't have any of this information. So you need that to make the right kind of decisions for you. And a lot of diets that people use to lose weight are actually not heart-healthy diets. I can imagine. They might help you lose weight in the short term, but in the long term, and I'll define the long term as four months, they begin to build plaque. You know, so, there were, not to interrupt you, but I just knew a lot of people that were on the binge of that keto diet for a while. And uh, it didn't seem to me that it was a very healthy, you know, diet to be on in the first place. No, it's an atherogenic diet. High fat, low carb is not healthy for us. And yet it's amazing how many people that just sort of sifted through the, the, the population about, oh, let's go on a keto diet. I know so many people that were doing it and it's, it's not at all healthy and well, it's not at all the answer. It does help with short-term weight loss. And what I've discovered in my practice over the last few years is that weight is not a marker that predicts risk. Now, this is actually a, a shocking statement because... If you look up um, epidemiology studies, it's very well established that obesity is the number one data point that identifies risk in the population. And I'm saying that weight doesn't matter. I'm sure that's shocking to most people because most people think that would put them at risk. If you have the right data, to me, weight becomes less of an issue. So it's really taking a deep nosedive into what's going on inside and, and, and visualizing the arteries and taking serious measurements and then going from there. Let's come back and talk more about this on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R, and you are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also talking to us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we are encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And to tune in every Thursday night, 7 p.m., right after Mitch Album, Dr. Colander is live and will be taking calls from all over the country. So feel free to call Thursdays and the doctor can talk to you directly. Dr. Colander, let's come back and talk more about what medical management actually is and how it helps avoid surgery. Well, Anne-Marie, we left off last segment talking about lifestyle and the components of lifestyle are nutrition, exercise, stress management, and protecting your sleep. So we talked about utilizing genetics and metabolomics in choosing the right kind of diet for each person. Then when it comes to exercise, you know, we look, I look at the person, I grant, I'm not a, I'm not a tr- professional trainer, but I, I know what people need to do for working out. And a lot of it is do what you want to do because something's better than nothing, but we also personalize it. Right. And what does that person need to do? As they're getting older, we need to focus on fall prevention, strength, balance, walking. Younger people is, you know, cardio. So depending on the age, the condition, their prior experience, their disability, you know, and not such a word, but everyone has weaknesses, I make recommendations for them to exercise a certain way, and then we can expand on that as we go. And so it's very customized. All of your patients have a very customized approach well, I to make their sure journey we, back. Well, or... we have this conversation. Again, mm-hmm. it's because, uh, you know, again, I'm not a trainer, but I, just, I work out all the time, and I've done all kinds of different things. So I know that different things are good for different people. But, but I think the key is that you also spend an hour with the patient. Hour and a half. An hour to an hour and a half. So you're going through not only their tests, you're explaining what, what, what you're seeing in their tests, what the results are, and you're giving them choices and you're walking them and shepherding them through the choices that are through the method that you're going to use to keep them healthy. That doesn't exist anywhere oh, no. in internal medicine. And actually, most of the time in the visit is not spent going over results. It's about talking about their day-to-day life mm-hmm. and strategizing, okay, how do you spend every minute of the day? When are you going to eat if you're too busy? When are you going to exercise if you're too busy? What are you going to do if you have a lot of time? And just just sorting all that out. Um, because, again, we hear all the time from patients, I know what to do, I just don't know how to do it. So it's my job to help them understand that they need to break through these barriers, these, you know, these... um... Well, you know, I think people are grabbing at straws. I mean, for all the people that are out there, they don't want to die of a heart attack. They don't want to wind up having to get surgery. They don't want to have a stent, obviously. I mean, these are obvious things. I think that people have a cloud over their head. Patients have a cloud that they walk with this dark cloud over them. When's the day that I'm going to faint or have an incident or have chest pain and not know what it's all about. 
and they don't know, they hear these, you know, platitudes from doctors about, you know, eat healthy, exercise, you know, watch your weight, et cetera. But that doesn't define what are the specific steps that I need to take. And what I'm hearing from you is in your practice, each person is an individual process, has an individual journey. And the more important thing that I hear from you in all of your shows is no matter how bad the results are, there still is hope to turn back, turn back time and, and reverse the process. Absolutely. And also what I was trying to say is I recognize that people have resistance and resistance is resistance to, to, to self-care, resistance to making yourself healthier and be a better person. So I, I know that that's happening in everybody and I'm in tune to it as we're talking and having, you know, I present the information in a way to make people realize that these are the things that are going on and, and again, not being threatening, but more of an opportunity to do things better. And sometimes we need more visits with people. This isn't like going an hour and a half and I'll see you next year. Depending right. on the person, it's an hour and a half, I'll see you next week, next month, in two months. It just depends on the person. Some people, you know, we've been doing this now for a few years in the practice. And, you know, a lot of the office visits, you know, I describe them as victory laps. You know, right. it's, it's if you've been in the practice for more than a few years, we're, we're well on our way to healing your arteries and preventing chronic disease. So these are just a... Hey, look how well you've done. Look at how much better these markers are. Um, here's some room we've got to improve on. You know, maybe we should look at something else just because even though you're doing great, we haven't looked at this yet. Let's look at it anyway because we might be missing it. Again, that's screening for disease even during a victory lap visit. So we don't stop looking for things. There's never a, I hate to say, there's never a, hey, you're doing great. See you later. It's you're doing great. Now we never did this thing. Let's do this too, because this might be an asymptomatic problem. So, you know, it's having that time to recognize that people don't want to do certain things and give them enough data, information about themselves to change their behaviors and decisions on what to do on certain things, even when it's all going well. Well, you've had many patients come in over the past couple of years that you've been on the air on WJR, and it's always been astounding to me to see all age groups come in from someone in their 70s to young people in their 20s, 30s. And w when they come and they take this deep dive into finding out what's going on inside their arteries... Many times I've heard patients say that they're shocked, they're dismayed, they're surprised, but in a way they are happy that they got the results. And the good news is not that they got the results, but that there is a way back, that there is a turning around because what you're basically doing is from that moment forward, when you get the results, you're coaching them, you're shepherding them. It's not like, hi, I did the test, here's your results, see you next year, have a nice life. I think the most important thing about what you're doing in your practice is that you are following up with them, that you are coaching them, you are telling them what to eat. That's what medical management is. Everybody's different. You can't just order a, you know, meal, meals on wheels to be delivered to the house and that's going to be fine. It's Everybody's different. That's what I'm hearing you saying. You know, one of the things I tell my patients is, you know, I'm more interested in your health than you are because you're a paying customer. 
Right. You know, I don't I don't want you to die. You know, you're yeah. I gotta keep you healthy. You're right. you're a paying customer. And for some reason I think that strikes a nerve with people. They go, he's right. This guy's totally engaged in my health because I'm paying to be in his practice. He doesn't want me to die or be sick. You know, I can't afford to fail. Well, the, and I think the most important thing is that you've always talked about quality of life, no matter how long we live. You want that quality to be there. You don't want to be lying in bed, indigent, sick every day. You're, you're improving the quality of life through staying on top of their life as, as they go through life. And that's the key is uh, being happy and healthy. And that's what's important. And that's why you have to start with screening. Look first and then start being aggressive. Very important to do that. Well, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's topic or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. And thank you for listening. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not necessarily those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.